0: Hey, what up? This is Chris from Trap, and you are listening to the Brutally Delicious podcast.
1: Hey, you are listening to the Brutally Delicious podcast. I am Bruce. And my name is Chris. (laughs) And today we've got a, hoped to be a fantastic interview with
2: Chris, I believe it's Taylor Brown from Trapped. From Trapped? From Trapped, yeah. Is, is this the band that did Headstrong?
1: Uh, this is the band that did Headstrong. And uh, yeah, they've got a new record, com- new record coming out, Shadow Works, I think, at the end of the month.
2: Yeah, and they also have a new single. What's the new single called? It is called Make It Out, out Alive. So, yeah, which it- is, if you're a Trapped fan, this is like right up your alley. This is Trapped. Yeah, it's very says, well produced. Apparently it was the last song written for their new album, and it they hope to inspire people to never give up. Because times can get tough and it can be easy to give up. But they don't want you to give I, up. So that seems really positive.
1: I've I've interviewed him before and uh you know he's had a few things to say, and it's always been uh, cool to talk to him, and I, I know he's been making quite the uh the rounds on twitter and facebook so it'll be cool to check in with them. well yeah i well. heard
2: about this thing with
1: iced tea <laughs> yeah i don't know all, i don't know all the stuff i mean i've just been catching bits and pieces and sort of rumors about it so we'll we get him on the line and i've cleared it with shauna we're allowed to uh, you know just talk to him about what's up so
2: cool yeah i'm just looking at their twitter feed um and uh yeah that's all i gotta say about that <laughs> Before
1: we go any further, everyone is entitled to their own opinions, and uh, we respect that. And absolutely. So uh, let's uh, let's go let's go ahead and get Chris on the line, and we'll uh, we'll see what we get out of him. All right, Chris, how are you?
0: I'm good. I'm trying to get my Skype uh, ready to go here. Yeah, you
1: don't you don't have to do video if you don't want to, because we're just worried about audio, so it's up to you. All right, I'm just. My bandwidth sucks where I'm at, so I have uh, I had to cut my video off to keep it rolling. But I've chatted with you before. I've interviewed you on the... Uh, did a couple interviews down here in Virginia at the Canal Club on previous tours.
2: Cool.
0: Uh, I think I'm in. Hey, yeah. there
2: you are. I'll turn my video on uh, so that we're equal. This is my
0: partner, Chris. Hey. Yo, what up?
2: How you doing, man?
0: I'm good, man. Good.
2: Good. What are you up Thanks to?
0: For j- uh, just uh, getting this new album ready to go. Uh, you know... Uploading it, we're doing a pre order and, um, uh you know, giving some, uh, some, uh, we have a physical version and we're, uh, we got a couple of songs on there that's only going to be on that. So, oh, that's getting a, that ready that's to a cool
2: idea. That's not something a yeah. lot of people do anymore where they yeah. do where they have like just a couple songs, but you have to get the actual physical copy of it.
0: Yeah. So, I, I remember we still have plenty of fans that are into that kind of thing. So, it's good.
2: I, I remember back in the day, they they used to do that for the Asia releases. like. Like they would put extra songs on for different territories and then people would like try to find them all over the world. <laughs> Easter yeah. gun. You guys got a new you got a new single dropping today too, right?
0: Um we dropped two so far.
1: Um I thought I read the twenty probably, second. Uh
0: well, we're we're gonna we pushed it back so that the first two songs can have a little bit more time. Um, you know, to be streamed and all that kind of stuff. Give give that a little bit more love. So you know, just kind of uh, with the streaming thing, it seems like you gotta release a song, give it a couple weeks to do its thing, and without you know having a bunch of new new songs added to the to the deal. How's the no.
1: response been?
0: Great, man. Just uh, like you know, I think uh, like I've said, I think this is one of one of the best or best records we've done, and um, I think a lot of people are agreeing with me on that you know, as far as fans
2: go. It's great. Nice. Where did you guys track the record?
0: You guys, have- um, okay. we did some stuff in, uh, Orange County, did a bunch of drums. Uh, we did a lot of guitar and vocals and where, where I'm at Cincinnati area. Um, and, uh, and I did, I did track a lot, a bunch of stuff, uh, at my place, you know, just, uh, with a, a regular SM 58 microphone and a real, real s- just simple setup that, uh, it's pretty crazy. Like the same thing that I sing on live, I, I, sound sound to me sound the best Uh, so it's it's uh it's it was cool you know it was like we i'd always recorded albums you know vocals with like the the best chain you could ever have like the compressor and the the eq and the whole the best mic you could find all that kind of stuff and really all i needed was just a regular sm 58 that you sing live with you know hey man the 58 sounds awesome
2: the 58 is so similar to the sm7 it's just it's it's just slightly different frequency response because of the... Uh, it
0: looks way different, though. It, uh, SM7 is like, it's just holding on to that thing. Yeah. feels stupid. <laughs> <laughs> feels dumb.
1: <laughs> and so the, it, just, it's a yeah, workforce, I mean, right? I mean, that's industry standard almost.
2: The 58 is, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's for live. You know, everyone uses that live, but nobody uses it to record actual vocals on an album, but I, that's what I did most of the
2: songs yeah. with. Bono that's actually does it. from YouTube. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: it probably makes me feel like live. I like being able to hear myself out of a monitor versus the headphones thing.
2: Yeah, and for I,
0: some reason that's uh, it just uh, I can sing a lot better just hearing myself out of out of speakers, like like as if there were monitors, you know. Because I, live, I used to do in ears, and now um, I just I don't even use in ears. I just use the the wedges. Nice, it's just so much better.
2: Yeah, I think yeah. the second Rage Against the Machine record also used a fifty-eight, and Brendan O'Brien set him up in front of the speakers and just said, "Give her."
0: <laughs> that's what the first. That's what Garth's told me he did on the first album that they their, their first record. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just basically had them set up and and go at it live, you know, back yep. in a room and recorded it as best he could. You worked with Garth. Yeah, I did our first and our third albums.
2: Oh, cool. Yeah, and I've uh, worked with Garth a few times. A Nice guy. Yeah. Did you did you work up in Gibson's BC or did he fly to you?
0: Um, we we did both records at uh, at the warehouse.
2: Oh, cool! Nice Gas Town. Interesting. Is that up in
0: your neck of the woods, Chris? It's
2: what? it's an it's it right in Vancouver downtown. It's an interesting neck of the woods. The warehouse.
0: Yeah, it's great. It's cool. I mean, you know, it's the strip club, like right down, right down the street. Yeah, <laughs>
2: there's junkies all I, over I the place. The first
0: time yeah. I ever, you know, first time I ever like drank illegally was in Canada because I was like 20, <laughs> just about to turn 21. Yeah. Uh, but for a month or two before that, I you know I could go to bars and do a whole thing. So it's like my actual twenty first birthday was, you know, just like, uh eh, Well, I've I've already been living this life for like a month and a half. Yeah. Uh, make a record up here, you know. Right. <laughs>
2: so, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of cool, cool hangouts in Vancouver. Although it's mm-hmm. you know, I hope I hope you were there in the summer and not the winter.
0: Yeah, it was, it was like so it was. I don't know. No, it was uh, probably it was January, February, March, kind huh? of.
2: oh just fucking raining then every day (laughs) yeah i remember it being too bad yeah yeah you don't remember much probably if you were
0: (laughs) i remember i remember a lot of it you know recording your first major label album yeah you know you don't forget that
2: yeah at the warehouse with garth i mean it doesn't get much better than that yeah yeah the warehouse is so beautiful man brian adams built that place just perfectly yeah, yeah, but but now you're doing a recording with equal or better quality and you're doing it in your home, isn't, yeah, isn't that crazy? It's, like crazy.
0: it's with a, I mean, I, I think I sang the best I've ever sang on this album, and it was just an SM58 into a two track pre sonus, you know, DAW or whatever they call those things, you yeah. know, just a two track thing, and with the with SM58, no compressor, no EQ. Um, just, yeah, singing
2: straight into it. <laughs> <And> <laughs> no the no same studio. thing I'd sing and
0: do live, you know?
2: Yeah, no having to fly to Vancouver and, like, you know, yeah. pay thousands of dollars a day for his studio. Yeah,
0: I've been, like, listening to the new album, like, compared to our first, and, you know, it was, like, sonically it sounds just as good as our first album. So, I mean.
1: We were talking about that before you got on, that we were we were spinning it earlier, and uh, it's definitely, uh, it sounds really, really good. Yeah, it's slick. Yeah,
0: man. I mean, we could make, we can make, like, a song like Make It Out Live. I mean, it, it, it would cost us like a couple grand to make
2: that at this point, you know, just like get a, get it all. Yeah. You know, like literally a couple grand a song. It's pretty cool. Yeah, That's amazing. That used to yeah. be one day at the warehouse. <laughs> oh, dude, our first, our first two albums, we spent like 350 grand on each one of them.
0: Holy yeah, shit. And then our third was like 150.
2: And oh then, wow. And,
0: and then so was our fourth. And then the last three, you know, we've, come under 50 grand and make each one so
2: that's, that's pretty crazy good.
0: technology
1: is definitely uh so let me ask you a quick question before we continue but when you guys are writing then and you're separated in different parts of the country are you just really taking advantage of technology and bouncing things back and forth via email or do you ever get to yeah, a studio we, and we've
0: already, i mean I, i'll come up with an idea like you know sitting there uh you know i just uh, with my imac and and putting together a drum beat and there's some some guitar stuff or or some keyboard stuff and then kind of come up with an idea and then I'll just send it to the guys and be like what do you think of this and if they're like yeah that's great then I'll then they'll add their stuff to it you know or or you know we'll our guitar player Brendan will have like a little verse part or something that I think is pretty cool and then we'll work that into a song which is like how make it out alive was he had the original little verse part on that and then we built the the rest of the song around that verse part and like five minutes, 10 minutes. So the
2: the vocal came right away too. So that was cool. That that's always a nice thing, isn't it? (laughs) When a plan comes together and it works like that, it's pretty
1: amazing. So so
0: then that's what inspiration and and, capturing an emotional moment is, you know, I think if you're trying to, you know, beat a dead horse as far as like, let's keep working on this song forever. It's like, it's got to have some immediate, uh, like write its own self kind of thing, because that's just like that, you know, Thing you can't explain about you know great songs. is just I think the the best ones are just kind of like lightning in a bottle kind of thing, you know. They but kind of I imagine,
1: happen. I imagine like the times that we're in at the moment give you a lot to draw from and make it really immediate as well, right?
0: Maybe I mean, it, "Make It Out Alive" was written you know middle of that February, and you know, um, so right in up, the mix, right? You know, right before this whole thing hit. So I mean, it's uh, it, it, the lyrics and everything just kind of really hit home. I think, <laughs> yeah. I mean, right. These and, are fucked up times, fresh. that's
2: for sure. Yeah, man. Yeah. Chris? No, I was waiting for you, Bruce. I thought you had something there.
1: No, so I'm just, I want to go back to the the record. When you guys are writing, is there like a, a message or a story you want your fans to take away from something that resonates with them after they listen to a draft record, or is that not?
0: Well, I mean, yeah, every, every album is just, you know, a few years of basically what I go through in life, you know, learning about. Who I am and all that kind of stuff. Like, all the lyrics have definitely been about self-discovery and self-empowerment and all that kind of stuff. The more you know yourself, the more empowered you're going to be, more in control of your whatever you're doing. And uh, so this album definitely, you know, I got into Carl Jung and a lot of psychology concepts. And he has this concept called shadow work. Which is basically just you. You know, you got your good side that you're real proud of, and then your side, that parts of you that you're like, eh, I, re- I wish I was better at that, or I wish I didn't do that or this. <laughs> but those those parts of you, you got to hold those parts closer to you than even the parts you, you really like. So, you know, the parts you don't, you got to be just honest with yourself that you've got some of that stuff and try to work through it and try to better that side of you and actually pay attention to that side of you is really what it is. And um, you know, a lot of people if their parents didn't pay attention to that side of them themselves then they also don't pay attention to that side of themselves you know they they just keep that voice in their head you were worthless or you're never going to mount anything or blah 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 you know and and they just kind of uh, you know believe it you know so i think uh this album is definitely about that darker side you know and trying to make that darker side uh work for you instead of against you so that's that's what all the songs on this album are really about all right i've got one more two-part question and
1: then we can go from there the um You've been at this since 95, I believe, right? So it's about 15 years or so? Uh,
0: Well, I was 16, August 97. That's when we officially made our first song.
1: Okay, so 12, 15, whatever it is. Did you ever imagine first that you'd still be doing this? And then second, I imagine a lot of trap shows are going to be multi-generational as well, right? Like people like myself bringing kids to the show.
0: Yeah, man, that's, that's kind of pretty cool too, right? Love, I love seeing that, yeah. It's great. Um, I, I, uh I in high school, you know, I wanted to do a bunch of different things, and, and, and I wanted to play football for you know college and higher if I could. Um, I was in a band, um, but you know I think um, the music thing definitely just just happened, and and you know I was always going to be into music. I love music, and I was going to pick up a guitar because my dad had one and he played and he wanted me to play, so that happened. And um, I think from there, you know, as far as being able to do this for a living, you know, it's I never take it for granted. You know, I I always feel very blessed that I can make a great living doing what I love and also being able to say whatever I want. You know, I was on a major label and I had a big management team. They'd be giving me shit for the things I I want to talk about and and things I want to use my platforms that I've created to spread awareness of. You know, I, I wouldn't be able to do that on uh, you know in a system like you know that we used to be on when we were younger. right so it's it's everything that I set out to do I basically have done so far and and I'm just gonna keep on you know using the platform and to help others you know empower themselves or you know to not point their fingers at everyone but themselves kind of stuff and uh, you know no victim mentality crap and uh, I think lyrically we really all the songs that I, yeah and the thing that I talk about on social media, our, our songs embody all that stuff.
1: Okay. So I think you mentioned that you sort of opened the door and if you don't want to go there, that's fine. But you've been getting a lot of attention on social media lately. How is that? Uh, I mean, you said that's because think, the record comes. It's,
0: it's, 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 it's hilarious to me. It's like, you know, Kid Rock will, will be like, Oh, it's pro Trump. And yeah, Trump's awesome. And you know, this, this stupid white privilege conversation, it goes nowhere. All it does is make white people feel guilty for existing you know, stuff like that. It's just not a, not a constructive conversation that we can move forward together. It's always, you know, pointing your fingers and blaming others and all this stuff. I I just, I, I, I can't stand that stuff, but it's so funny though. like some artists can say that stuff and it's like, no one cares. And then for some reason I say that stuff and then everybody wants to come after me and jump down my throat and say, oh, you know, and they're like, oh, people aren't going after you because of your political views. They're just, you're just an asshole. It's like, uh, No, that's not the case. It started because they didn't like what I was saying uh, politically and socially. That's what started the thing. And and everyone who says, it's not because of your support for Trump or the the things you think. It's just because you're an asshole. It's like, then they use the freaking excuse, or the the example they use is me going after Chris Evans for saying Trump sucks at at his uh, response. you know, And uh, he didn't take it serious. He didn't do anything. And all the deaths are his fault. It's like, that is ridiculous. And I will always say that's ridiculous and uh i just felt like uh nobody supports our country's president it's almost like that's a weird thing to do for some people and i just hate that concept i hate the fact that some people are so afraid to speak up and, and just about what they're passionate about because they they're afraid that they'll get blackballed or they'll lose their fans or the they'll you know lose friends and all that stuff and it's like those people those aren't fan, real fans or friends of yours if they're gonna disown you for what you believe that's just like get away from right those, the echo chamber stuff i just want to blow all that up so that's basically what i've been trying to do social media wise and i'm putting out a record so obviously killed two birds with one stone you
2: know, <laughs> so, one so it's it, a tactic for publicity there awareness
0: for a new album of you know, lyrically speaking this stuff i'm talking about and the p- empowerment and you know truly uh standing on your own two feet and using your own mind instead of like everything you're force-fed uh, by the mainstream media um so i just i, I just want to do what i can to create awareness on things that mainstream media doesn't talk about and for and and people jumping down my throat shows me that I, that's just what i yeah like keep so doing it, you
1: know? I'm, I'm all for the freedom of speech you know being behind what your cause is and whatever it is, and I'll, I've never taken anything away from that. But I thought it was really funny that, I mean, you're getting, like, people from Ice-T to all kinds of people jump on, on you. And I don't even know what kind of uh, well, stake they T have in Ice-T had a weird. problem.
0: We were talking about Sumerian Records bands, and they were like, oh, they're all better than you. And I'm like, well, I mean, as far as streaming and listeners go, we've, we've got more than, than most of their bands. And they're like, well, "What about Ice T and Body Count?" I, I went and checked, and I was like, "Yeah, we're we're beating Ice T and Body Count uh, by a lot, as far as listeners, you know, and the it, it, streaming our stuff in this country." And um, the guy, some guy, tagged Ice T in it, like, "Hey, look at this guy saying that he has more streams than you." And then Ice T is like, "Oh, we'll we'll I'll see you around one day. Right? I'll run, I'll run into you." And it's like, "What? Are you are you threatening me for for saying something that's a verifiable truth? You know, it's like are you that sensitive. I guess so." Because, you know, then he tweets about every other tweet I make, like half of a dozen tweets. And then his fans are like, are you going to fight Ice-T? And I'm like, whatever, dude. Like, If Ice-T wants to get in a ring and fight me, then I'm not going to back down. <laughs> uh, but I just think it's going to be stupid and a dumb in, look, the end, you know?
1: in, in the end, it's social media and it's your opinion and everybody's entitled to their opinion, I believe. Well,
0: I mean, the, the, granted, people can be like, oh, you're, you're, you, you insult people and bully people. But it's like, look. I'm only responding with the same energy coming at me uh, just to point out the fact that it's like the left can do it as much as they want, be overly emotional, all that stuff. But if anyone says the opposite, they're melting down, right. they're, ha- they're losing their minds. It's like, you know, how much are you straw manning me? Uh, just, you know, trying to make me this crazy guy who's melting down just for, uh, tweeting about what I'm passionate about. I mean, what I believe in. And if people are are coming to rip on me, it's Twitter. It's a shit posting website. <laughs> right. So uh, right. I, I just resp- I play the game and I respond in the same way. So it's just funny. Like it's just so many people. They're like. You know, they'll come at you and and they'll say all this stuff, and then you dish it back, and then you're the bully. It's just, it's just ridiculous. Man.
1: And at the end of the day, I think, and it should be across the board, everybody is entitled to their opinion. And if you don't like it, don't don't follow your Twitter Twitter feed and move along, right? Yeah, and
0: then you know that's what I'm trying to to have be normal, just normalized. Oh. And uh, anyone just saying what they want to say, you know, and having the if the other side wants to belittle you tell you you're crazy and you're melting down and all that stuff it's like well why do you think you know those those people don't want to have anything to do with you liberal right you know, it's like you're 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 doing you're no better than the people you're 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 uh you know uh minimizing and belittling into just a straw man that means nothing you know and so it's just unbelievable that people have that much of an emotional reaction to the things i'm um, saying you know and i mean like i'm using the word i'm trying to be not insult. In a way that's too bad, so I use the words douchebag or nerd <laughs> or moron or anything that's not even like a big deal. And then people are like, oh, you're a bully. It's like, dude, you know, I mean,
2: there's that, there's what the I always yeah. use. There's what I always use is I made it up douche balloon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, I like Boris Johnson's, uh, you know, the, the prime minister of UK. He called uh, one of the woman guys, you, you big woman's blouse. <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> it's, pretty good. it's like you got to get creative these days, or or you're gonna say something that's just gonna trigger somebody. It's too funny,
2: man the amount of the amount of five G conspiracy theories I've had to hide on social media over the last little while is just mind bending.
0: <laughs> yeah, people coming up with the whole five G will will give you cancer or, or <laughs> give, give you. Give you these flu-like symptoms. I mean, come on, guys. Yeah, you know? Bill
2: Gates is injecting you with a microchip. <laughs> I mean,
0: I, I, I don't I don't deny, I don't think that Bill Gates, you know, is getting into the uh, vaccine business uh, altruistically. I don't think he's doing, I think he's trying to make a lot of money. And and he's got these plans for the world and, and reducing the population sizes. And he's got all his reasons of why to do that. And it's like, what are you doing? Why are you thinking about these things, Bill? Like, that's just like, you know, it's like he, he's under this guise of, like, I'm trying to help the world. It's like you're sterilizing people in Africa. It's like, <laughs> and then, you know, so many of the things he's done project wise have resulted in, in lots of deaths. It's like like you what? Know, but uh, there's uh, stuff in uh, one of the, uh, in Africa, there was uh, a vaccine or, you know, something like that that ended up, they, you know, giving to African people and, uh, you know, a uh, bunch of people died from it, so there might have been more than one time where that's occurred for him. So hmm, I've never uh, seen anything. I can, anything about I can it. look it up. I can look it up, but if you know, if you go Bill Gates vaccine uh, child deaths or something like that, then you'll you'll see it. I mean, I've, I've definitely seen the the article about stuff that's that's happened um, that probably he wouldn't want the mainstream press reporting on. Huh.
2: Hmm.
1: Yeah. What are you um? are you doing anything particular to stay in touch with your fans or engage with the fans in this era of no shows and kind of contact?
0: Um, well, I post on, you know, Facebook and Twitter, you know, and try to have good discussions with fans and, you know, and, and deal with trolls as much as I can, but mostly <laughs> just, so, just so I can see where my fans, uh, what they feel about certain things, like what they feel about the lockdown stuff or, you know, what they feel about just the whole, whole sorts of, you know, social and political stuff. I, I like to engage with fans in that way on Facebook and Twitter. If, if people just want to hear music, go to, go to Spotify or YouTube, you know, but right. uh, you know, it's like, those are the people who are like, you should just keep this music. We don't want to hear it. It's like, uh, you're not everyone, you know, how self-centered are you that you think you can speak for everybody? So I, I get the overwhelmingly it's encouraging me to speak my mind and, you know, talk about these things and, you know, overwhelming majority are are fine with me doing that right you know being and, be, and not disowning me you
1: know even I, if they disagree which is totally- i mean i think that's i think you hit it right on the head it's it's okay to disagree which is something yeah. that people don't understand people, but people also are
0: like are like you fight with your fans and you you insult your fans i'm like dude if someone comes to my page and insults me personally or insults the band they're not fans so you know it's like if i insult someone back you know they, this person. I used to like your Hedstrom song, uh, song Headstrong, and I'm a huge. I was a fan. No, you weren't. You never came to a show. You 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 knew one or two songs. You were, and now you're going to come here and insult me for my views. And then they say, "Oh, I'm I'm going after my fans." That's just couldn't be farther from the truth.
1: On, a, on another on another topic or another way, I think uh, music has always been political. All right. I mean, even from the 60s, I it thought, was like, broke I thought,
0: you know, and no matter what side of the. On both sides, I think. I mean, it, it, I think it can be both sides. Mainstream bands are raging with the machine. That's it, you know? And I don't have to agree with you, and Chris
1: doesn't have to agree. It doesn't matter. We can still have a conversation.
0: Yeah, it's just it, the, the political climate, or the social political thing, as soon as Trump got in there and just totally, um, you know, destroyed the, the status quo of lobbyists having, you know, uh, all these laws and things they want to get passed, thinking Clinton, Hillary, Hillary Clinton was going to win. And then you know, then had to retool their whole strategy because now Trump's in there, and nobody knows you know what what bills to write. Or, I mean, that then co- in Congress, like these these co- these politicians, don't even write their own bills. They just these lobbyists, you know, get hired by big corporations. They write the bill, and those lobbyists go and try to find people who to support it in in Congress. Like they just they're just getting pitched laws left and right, you know. And so I don't know. It's just. Uh, re- be, you've got to be able to speak your mind. But of course, uh, to me, it looks like uh, one side has all the big tech and the big media and all that stuff, and they try to censor the other side so that the independents don't hear it. So that's what it looks like to me. I mean, I lost my blue check mark on Facebook. They just took it away.
2: What's a blue so, check mark?
0: Uh, it's just that you're a verified artist. Ah. You know? uh, Twitter has it too. On Twitter, we have our little blue check mark. And yeah, it's uh, Facebook just decided that you know and i put you know band musician and news and media as well um in case they were like oh you're not you're not representing yourself as just a music a band or a musician even though any band or musician should be able to talk whatever they want you know so right I'm talking so, about these certain things and making these certain posts so you you're going to take away my verification so that's that's you know facebook did that and and, and it, you know a lot of the people Oh, who, because they're not
1: they didn't they Equate it with a musician and more of a platform, you mean? I have no idea. They didn't
0: tell me. They didn't give me a, nothing. They just, the mark was gone. Weird. So, yeah. Interesting. It's, it's not weird. It's just a bunch of these Silicon Valley total, you know, far left authoritarian liberals who decide, you know, uh, they should be able to tell me what I can and can't talk about on, on a page on, on their website.
2: What do you That's What do you about. say to, to them, though, That where they say, hey, this is our website?
0: Oh, I just talk about it. I just go look at what they're doing.
2: That's all yeah, I can do. I, I, I get that because they're kind of now more of a media organization than they are a website. But oh, like, hell yeah. But like if you if you put it in the context of a yard, like if someone drove their tires over my yard, which happened yesterday and pissed me the fuck <laughs> off, right? And I would say, okay, get the fuck out of my yard. I don't want you in my yard anymore. And that's totally fine. I can't, they can't come in my yard if I don't want them to. So so if they don't want that on their platform, why should you be allowed to have that on, on their platform?
0: Uh, I, the, I'm there, i not going to be able to do anything to tell Facebook what to do, but I can say this is what Facebook just did to me. Yeah, And gotcha. here, is, here is an example of left-wing uh, media censoring the right-wing. And uh, hopefully at some point, I mean, if you, you know, we did the civil rights stuff with, you know, you can't res- refuse service to you know, certain people because of their race or religion or whatever, you should also not be able to uh, discriminate against someone because of their ideology.
2: So I hope that so then, there's some more so what about, in the future. So what about, then what about that court case in Colorado where those people were religious and they didn't want to make a cake for the gay couple and the Supreme yeah. Court said, yeah, that's fine. You don't have to do that.
0: Uh, it's, it's, a, it's like who wins? The ideology of the gay couple or the ideology of the baker,
2: but shouldn't they have ooh, the same ooh. rights as someone with skin color, like a person of color? Shouldn't they have the same rights as you or I?
0: Well, uh, the, the, if you if you grant the, the gay couple the rights, then you're taking away rights from the baker. So Although, I think everyone should be able to do whatever they want. Same with Facebook. If they they want to delete my page, then they can. You know, I right. can really, because really it's develop. their it's their platform in essence. So. I'm just saying if you're a baker and you don't want to do the, the, the bake a cake for a lesbian couple, um, that lesbian couple can go and tell, you know, every, all their friends that you suck and that you're you know bigoted and all that stuff, but they shouldn't be able to force the baker to make the cake. Yeah. Hmm. You should be able to have free speech and go look at these people. They suck. That's fine. Yeah. But as far as, you know, forcing the, the private business to do what uh, the other side says, I mean, like I, with Facebook, once it get once something gets so big that it becomes the main news aggregator, and I think that it's like uh, a utility. You know, it's like uh, electricity or something. You know, it's like people need this. It's become uh, like a you know public platform um, in a way that you know it's like very it becomes essential
2: to it's for like everybody the, to have equal access to it's it. It's become like the BBC. <laughs> well, i mean yeah, it's, it's I, yeah, not the know. bbc but like in in the uk <laughs> the bbc is it's, free for everybody and they have like five different versions of it
0: yeah it's where facebook is probably where most americans get news from and I that's think your that's, are right.
2: sad. <laughs> that's
0: really well, that, fucking I sad that's really fucking sad truth i mean that's it you know? that's yeah yeah that's the deal it's the number and one anybody
1: can post anything and people view it as fact like almost immediately
0: well, whatever. Uh, the, people just read headlines and they don't yeah. do any any of their own Well, I actually just looked research. up the
2: Bill Gates stuff and what he did yeah. is he gave malaria vaccine and HPV vaccine. So he didn't kill anyone. Yeah. It was fa- it's not true.
0: So nobody died from any ma- vaccine
2: that he that he he made and gave to people. No, they saying? were all FDA approved vaccines.
0: I'm just saying, did, 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 did was it accurate that people died from a vaccine that Bill Gates had a, had a
2: part in? Not that I could see. It was all debunked. All right. I'll have to, yeah, I'll have to look at what I what I read. Yeah, at yeah. At any rate. It doesn't matter. I, I wanted to know because I was like, well, what the fuck am I missing here? Because I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm a person that likes to look at both sides of things. But yeah. like, you know, my sister is a high-end journalist in Canada. She's like, she works for the CBC. She's worked for all the major media corporations. And I understand what journalism is from her work. Yeah. So... I always try to find out like where 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 are the facts? I don't really care. Look up, look I don't care if sterilize- it's left. Or, I don't care if it's left or right. I only care yeah. what's true.
0: Look up the sterilization thing. Like, if, if, did he make things that sterilized? No, it was false.
2: It was false. They were claiming the HPV vaccine was doing that to women, but it wasn't. Okay. It was, just so the, just it was just to stop. It was just to stop them. That from, up. Yeah, it's fake. Someone news.
0: just made up that any, there was any death.
2: Yeah. At any, any rate,
0: any sterility or whatever. Yeah. All right. Well, I got to look into that.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. At any
0: rate, we we should probably bring this back to
1: trapped at some point. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure. We're like your Twitter we
2: feed. Think. We're all over the place.
1: <laughs> We're always all over the place. We yeah. just kind of go down rabbit hole. So yeah. Um, if fans wanted to engage with you, I mean, obviously you said your your Twitter pages and your. And the record is due out when?
0: Do we have a date for it yet? Uh, June 19, we're we're putting this thing out.
1: So. And you know, the next single, I know you said you postponed. Did you have a date on the single? Yeah, we
0: have "Make It Out Alive." Um, tell me how you really feel. That's uh, we're pushing right now for the next week or so, and then "Far Enough Away" um, will be, I think, a week from today. And then we're gonna just put a. As far as streaming goes, we're just gonna put out another song every few weeks, uh, even when yeah. the record's out. That seems to be eating. like a model now, right? That's the way the music industry sort of working. You have to. I don't know, man. I think it's still a brave new world. I, I think people don't really know exactly what how these algorithms work and what, you know all this stuff. Um, you know, uh, it, it's like for Trapped. All we're trying to do is get our seven hundred twenty thousand followers on Spotify to hear the new stuff, the new songs. Right. But it's it's like Spotify. I, I had Spotify and they you know, these these new these like release radar stuff or your weekly. Uh, the suggestions and the and i you know like rock music and i like t- trap songs you know to see what's up and they only show me like trap music like rap and mumble rap oh, <laughs> oh. like like, <laughs> like electronic and they, music and they right? show me auto-tune mumble rap stuff is the main thing that they're throwing at me so it's Weird. like i hope that they throw some actual music that i do like you know it's, they, uh, as far need, as that they, they need some right algorithm now, work <laughs> yeah, well, maybe I just need to use it longer, and and you know they'll they'll get it. More, so it so, gets you used but, for your preferences or something. I don't know. Yeah, but there there must be pushing that kind of music to
1: to everybody, even
0: rock fans. You yeah?
1: know. But in the end, at the end of the day, like we started off this conversation, I do like the record. I think it's the production was pretty fantastic, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I wish know. you all the all the best with it for sure. I know.
2: Appreciate it, Chris. You got anything? Yeah. What are you guys doing? Um, are you, do you plan on doing any like like a lot of bands are doing like these multicam kind of in-home performances uh, a, because they can't tour and they won't be able to tour probably until the end of next year. So what? Yeah, what, we did an uh,
0: acoustic thing April 2nd. It was uh, about an hour and a half. Myself and my guitar player, he, he also plays drums, so he played the cajon, sitting on it and banging away at it. And I was on acoustic guitar and cool. vocal. And it was fun, yeah. I mean, it, it's just weird to do a, you know, play for people. Well, you know a lot of people are watching, so you don't want to screw up. or
2: Yeah, or, yeah. Right.
0: But but you don't feel them there. Then I mean, you can't see them, you can't hear them, you know. So it's it's very surreal. Like between songs, you know, you're like, hopefully they liked that. With no idea. <laughs> yeah,
2: that I'm was a like big, what, had a lot. What, we had
0: like seventy thousand people watch it, so it was pretty
2: cool. That was like watching the post Malone Nirvana tribute. The in the middle, saw that. Yeah, in between songs, they were like, "What the fuck do we do?" <laughs> yeah, I'm a, like I'm, a yeah. I'm a big fan wow. of
1: Catatonia. I'm a big fan of Catatonia. They did a whole thing from the. Uh, from a studio in Sweden live, and it was fantastic. But you could see they had this weird, uncomfortable thing yeah. going on, in, you know, in between songs, and you just like, feel it.
0: it's Yeah, so funny. it's bizarre. I mean, I just really uh, a lot of our uh, April, uh, May, June stuff has been pushed to uh, October or September, October. So I, w- I would hope by then, you know, that at least you know, under a thousand caps are, are, are going on, you yeah? or
1: drive-in shows or something. Yeah.
0: The driving thing, I just, its just like. okay. <laughs> I mean, if it's like an acoustic thing where it's like you're just trying to really sound great, know that. Like, a, but as far as a big rock show with people sitting in their cars, like a I would, I would just be like, "Why are we doing Hands this?" Coming it's, up the, side of the windows, your, it makes your. <laughs> <laughs> performance look worse you know it's like just <laughs> wait just wait build up the demand and, and I'm
2: afraid
1: of- that that's where some of this is going to go though but you know what, you know not. what
2: the problem with the drive-in concert is from an audio engineer point of view holy fuck is that going to sound like shit because with all the glass, with all the glass yeah. and metal thrown for <laughs> <laughs> it it just would be uh,
0: just like people are trying to be innovative yeah. like- no i get that and i think
1: you're going to find a lot of innovative innovation and creativity coming out of this because well, I mean, necessity is the mother of all invention, right? I, or something like I, that. And I've
0: just, I've been looking at all the data and stuff, the Sweden things like uh, as far as does lockdowns even work, you know, two thir- uh, 70% of the people that were coming in to get hospitalized for this thing did not go outside their home. They stayed locked down and they still got it for some reason. I don't know if it gets, goes through the vents or whatever and it's airborne and all that, but uh, plenty more people that, that we, th- than we thought have been uh, infected with this, didn't have any, any they didn't even know. There was a meat packing plant. Four hundred people tested positive. Not one had a symptom. Um, you know, so it's like the this, the Sweden thing. Even the, the WHO is saying they have a good model. They're trying to build up herd immunity. Probably, probably won't get a second wave. So I just um, I just feel like Sweden. Like the, the initial model said, if you don't do this lockdown stuff, everyone's going to die. You're millions dead. Sweden didn't do it, and they didn't
2: have a massive problem. I think yeah, the difference like, oh, but they a,
0: have a few more debts. It's like, well, I think
2: I think they, they the didn't difference destroy though, their economy. I think the difference right. with Sweden though is that people in Sweden generally trust their government. So when Sweden said to the old people, you need to stay home and everyone else goes out but stay distance and we're going to close some things but not others, people were like, yeah, that makes sense. We trust you. But they
0: didn't close it. They didn't close any businesses, so nobody
2: lost their jobs. Well, they're also they subsidized. The they're, they're subsidizing a lot of pay though a whole lot more yeah yeah like and they they've locked away well, the they, older people they, and they've closed they did some it schools than we did. <laughs> but pe- people there trust their government in the west over here people generally don't trust the government so if the government says okay old people you stay home we're going to close colleges we're going to keep open elementary schools in restaurants you have to go down to 50% capacity you know if if they did that here it would be a fucking shit show well i, I would say at least some part of our country is like, whatever you
0: say, uh, Master. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm glad that Americans don't listen to their government like sheep. I'm glad. I'm happy with that. Yeah. You know, so it's like all I'm saying is the initial model said if you don't lock everyone down, sell st- in place, you're going to have millions dead. And that just didn't happen in Sweden, not even at all. They're right in the middle of the pack. Um, and it was just we destroyed our economy we're in a matter of six to eight weeks of, a lot of these jobs are not coming back a lot of these small businesses and restaurants are not coming back i'm aware my it's wife like, it's was like hit. starting a whole new business venture now
2: my wife yeah. was hit real hard by it man she had to lay off over 220 people
0: i just i hope Is your wife how does she feel about this does she think it was a smart move or stupid
2: well she works at the airport uh she yeah. runs she manages like 11 restaurants and uh, we know two people that have died from it, and two of her employees were both hospitalized and needed oxygen for it. So she thinks it's okay the lockdown.
0: So she's doesn't she her thing is if if she saves you know x amount of lives, then it doesn't matter if her business gets blown apart.
2: No, that's not the point at all. The point is we can't overwhelm the healthcare system. So once <laughs> the healthcare system isn't overwhelmed anymore, we can go into a place that Sweden is like, where we keep responsibility, personal responsibility yeah, for I, people. It
0: started with flatten the curve so that you you don't have to pick and choose between this 68-year-old woman and this 55-year-old man and be like, oh, well, I think the 55-year-old yeah. man will survive. Screw the 68-year-old woman. That's what happened in Italy. They had to just pick... Looks yeah. like you're going to die anyways. It's Sorry. happening in Brazil stay, right stay now. Stay in the hallway and die. So that did not happen in New York City. It didn't happen anywhere in the United States, but it was projected that it was going to happen. It didn't happen. Like Cuomo just like acting like the biggest drama queen in the world, I need thirty thousand ventilators or everyone's gonna die. And it's like, no, you only need thirty five hundred. You
2: know, and and you have and you have it. Yeah, you know? but that's just like science, you everything. Science you science changes, you know, like as new facts come in, new light you, know, yeah, you, like you, you know, you learn things all the time. It's like if you know a shouldn't. G chord on guitar and then you learn D, you're like, hey, I now know D. Yeah. So
0: My thing is we need to have for if this happens again, very, very uh specific protocols. So it's like for me, if you want to if you don't want to overwhelm the healthcare system then you look at it county by county and x amount of hospitals per county and if you're at like x percent of you know you only have so much excess capacity to left and it's dwindling fast then you shut down that county and it's like you you have illinois where it's like you know 65,000 cases outside of chicago and then 5,000 the rest of the whole state yet they yet they had a blanket one size fits all approach that was just stupid it was just dumb so yeah. I, I hope that it, that's what New York American is
2: doing now. What you're saying, that's what New York is doing now. Well,
0: they should have done it from the damn beginning. It's like fear. Just made, we were looking at, oh, we don't have to. We don't want to be like Italy. The, the media covering it, like you know, looking at like it was World War II, and you know, it, and scared the hell out of a lot of Americans. And it's just like nobody was real leaders in that. Not not Trump. Not any governors. Not any mayors. Nobody was real a real leader. They didn't no idea, and they just did. They just did lock it all down right now. And don't ask questions. And then we just destroyed our economy, just killed it, you know? It's like a big chunk is now missing from it, and it's going to take a, a, a long time. And there may be people who now will always be dependent on the government, yet yet they could have had a job. They could have been somebody who was going to keep working the rest of their But at this point, you know, at six months of just getting money and then sitting on a couch, it's real hard to now reverse that, and get back in the workforce. It's just, it's its, it's, it's tougher when you put someone on the on the welfare, or, you know, unemployment for two years straight, like they did in 2008 and 2009. So, um, it's just, it sucks because, you know, a, a lot of people in the, the industry that I'm in are, are the ones hurting,
2: you know, oh, the, yeah. the
0: bartenders, the, the waiters, waitresses, people, who you know, security people, you know, they're getting hit the hardest, but, you know, hopefully they're all getting that extra 600 bucks a week unemployment thing, but that runs out in July. So
2: I have friends you know, that have I lost, did. I have, I have festival organizer friends that have lost everything. From this.
0: But are they still going? Eh, well, what you know, we saved you know a couple, you know, ten, few, uh, twenty, thirty thousand lives or something, you
2: know. Well I, like, well, I spoke with a major festival organizer the other day, and his fear was that the brand would be damaged far more if he went ahead with it, um, and people got sick, and he would never be able to recover from that because the deaths would always be on his front door. So that, if he that's so fear, so, right? so if he waits fear. if he waits until it's safe then he can go ahead with a clear conscience
0: what's he gonna do between now and and a year
2: (laughs) that's the question that's the
0: question everybody's wondering right absolutely Uh, yeah anyway put food on the damn table you know it's like at some point there's gonna be some desperation hitting
2: oh i think it's coming yeah. It's
0: going to be a wave of unrest, huh?
2: It's 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 actually kind of getting a bit back to more back to normal here in North Virginia. It's not fully back to normal, but like for a while you could drive in DC and there was like nobody on the road. Like not one person. <laughs> now the highways are packed yeah. again and the rest- I think you're right I, I drive thinking, to work
1: in the mornings and there's traffic now again. And yeah. my wife and I started noticing like, oh, wow. You know, I used to be able to get here in 10 minutes for the last two months. And now it's, uh, you know, 25 because there's traffic again.
0: Yeah. I would think 90% of counties in the United States could have stayed open this whole time. And and, and our economy would be such a better shape right now. So that, I hope that we all admit that that was the, the, the blanket one size fits all was some med- medieval, you know, BS approach. And it should have been county by county only if the healthcare system is at risk of happening like Italy happening
2: well and they should have just, actually they should have actually done some testing cuz if they could have tested they would have known what to do but they didn't dude, how do
0: that. the hell it's hard it's hard enough to get you know the only way that we got the, two, the, the 2004 to 2007 even like strippers buying five different properties you know is because you had a <laughs> workforce workforce of of people more, you know giving trying to find anyone with a pulse and give them a mortgage thing, and they needed a, an incentive for that. You're not going to find it's like it, you got Mark Cuban going. We need to have a uh, testing, tracing uh, federal force. You know of people who are testing and tracing people and all that stuff. And I was like, what? Ha-, you know what happens when that ends? And we're you know no you're gonna, are they going to turn into government snitches or something like that? But it's like coming up with a testing protocol that tests 300 million
2: people. It's like it's not about 300 million people. It's about 30 it's, million. You need 10%. What, testing 30? I don't know, man. So, I like, just, here I, here in Loudoun County, every weekend, they line up. They have drive-in testing centers they set up. Anyone can go because all they're trying to do is figure out, is the virus going around in this area? Because if it is, then we have to deal with it. They're not trying yeah, to get it, everybody. They're just trying to find out where it is and how they yeah. can attack it.
0: I, I just I, – I, I don't know how that would have – because to me what, what happened was the middle of March hit – Trump shut down travel from Europe on March 12th, and and then you know this thing has about four weeks until either going to kill you or not, you know. And we had the the peak in deaths and hospitalizations, all that, you know, the middle of April. So exactly four weeks from that weekend where everyone came out at the same time, and you saw pictures of people packed like sardines in all our major airports. And I was just like hitting myself in the head, like how did that? Happen? How did the Trump and the governors and the mayors not coordinate and make sure that the flights were staggered and not everyone came home at the same damn time? It's like that one thing could have yeah. prevented so many cases from, from, from happening and then being spread around the country. But no one's talking about that. No mainstream media, not no one, because I guess they can't go after Trump with that because they have to also rip on the, the mayors and the governors, too, you know? So but nobody's talking about that one weekend where it was like. Uh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get an issue now. Everyone's coming home from an infected Europe. Yeah, and the fact that they're all sardines. Airport stupid. And
2: the airports didn't test anybody. They didn't test a Ugh. single person. Like he, when he stopped the flights from China, he actually didn't stop the flights from China. He stopped Chinese people from coming, but anyone else could still come from China. Right. So what do you think he should have done though? Like make make it. So no, no, they should have just America been. Te- can't come home. They should have just been testing people at the airport. As as they come in, they give them a test.
0: Yeah, I, I just feel like uh, you know, make make thirty million tests and, and start testing people. Well, no, uh, no, it's, it's, a, it's like we're talking air, we're talking about a three
2: hundred person airplane. We're not talking about thirty million. Like three hundred yeah, people land, even. they all get tested. They're, they At all find out within twenty four hours if they're positive or not. Did you hear about the, the
0: the president of Tanzania or whatever it is, some African country? This guy. Uh, tested he got the test from the who or whatever for covid and instead of testing humans he tested a pheasant a <laughs> and a goat and he sent them to the who and the who said oh they're all positive so he's like they're full shit you know as far as these tests go everybody just is positive so the antibody hmm. test is what was is what should really be coming going out there you know testing yep. for antibodies for this thing is uh, they've done that and they, that's why they sh- they showed that in you know in LA or you know Santa Clara and New York City plenty more people had got the virus than, than it oh, than yeah. Were tested
2: yeah know? they were so saying as- in the, they were saying in the Bronx that almost 40 percent of the people in the Bronx have been exposed to it right, right. and that's where that contact tracing is going to come in handy absolutely all right uh, listen we're at, we're at like over <laughs> <laughs> sorry Wait, it's a good
0: it's I'm a good sorry, conversation. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope that I don't know, man. It's it, I hope that the Trump's saying we're not going to close down again if there's a second wave. Um, you know, like are we or are we going? You know, are we going to just say, hey, you know, like we got to build some herd immunity on this, and there's going to be there's going to be casualties in this war against this virus. It's almost like we cannot have one pe- one person die. No one can die. It's like three million people die in the U.S. every year, but it seems like the only the people who care about certain deaths are because the media blares it constantly. Oh, now we really care about these 30 people or this thousand people. I
2: think what what makes the doctors scared predominantly is that this disease has gone in less than three months to the third leading cause of death in the United States.
0: Okay, but I I just don't understand when we had, in 1957, we had 150,000 deaths from from an H1N1
2: Hong Kong flu.
0: But that was in in
2: 1957. uh, yeah, and so it was we, different well, times. We the technology wasn't there.
0: And then the, the late '60s, there was another uh, uh, H1N1 went from Asia. that killed over a hundred thousand people in the United States, and and we had Woodstock in the middle of the two, the two peaks. You know, Woodstock. So it's just like, why now that we just we wanted to shut everything down, um, but we didn't want to do it in '57 or in the late '60s, or even the Spanish flu. There wasn't. Uh, lockdown orders nearly what we're doing now and that thing killed 50 million people worldwide it was way more uh you know fatal than what we're dealing with now
2: oh i don't know enough about that but i just that's what i'm saying i think that's why people are scared because in less than three months it's become the third leading cause of death in the country Mm. so they're like (laughs) fuck (laughs)
0: Yeah, I don't know, man. I just, I just, I've seen, it's like, even 2017, 2018, we had thousand in the U.S. that died from that flu. Didn't even bat an eyelash about it. So, I don't know, man. It just seems a little too convenient for one side of the aisle, um, you know, or what was happening with Trump's economy and all that kind of stuff. just, feels, just feels a little too convenient. Huh. Yeah. Cool. At any rate, read into that. However, you
1: want. <laughs> and then, Chris, at any rate, I thank you for taking the time. Thanks, man. Yeah,
0: thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, and I appreciate
1: it. Hope we uh hope we are all still good. We just kind of voicing our own opinions.
0: Oh yeah. yeah this man, is no, what we're great. about. I love, like, this kind of conversation is what what everybody needs to have. Civil conversation, uh, agree to disagree on certain things, I'll agree on other things. You know, it's like I, I just I hope that the discourse can be more civil, but hey, I'm not. when i'm you know calling someone a nerd or a moron or an idiot or whatever but it's like you know i also get emotional you know you're passionate i
1: I mean i get it everyone's passionate about things they believe in so thank you for taking the time thank you for explaining your situation i truly wish you the best with the record luck with the record brother i appreciate it guys all right good luck stay safe and we'll talk to you soon man thank you sir i appreciate it once again good luck with everything good luck
2: with the record man take it easy take
1: care bye Bye. bye